Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Real Music Talk podcast. My name is Keith Hall. I'm your host, and this is episode number 10. This is part two of our conversation with the great jazz drumming legend, Billy Hart. If you didn't hear part one, I encourage you to go back and check that out first. This is a continuation of that conversation. You know, Billy Hart has been such an influence and uh, inspiration to so many drummers around the world for decades, uh, and other musicians, of course, and there's really no way to express the impact that he's had on this art form. And so I'm just grateful that uh, he spent some time with us here on the podcast. And, you know, if you're not familiar with Billy, go to BillyHartMusic.com. And, of course, YouTube. There's so many videos of him performing on YouTube as a leader and as a sideman. It's just remarkable. If you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast, I hope you do. And uh, if you like what you're hearing, I hope you can leave a comment or a rating. And please tell your friends. So we're going to pick up in the middle of this conversation with Billy Hart. And in our last episode, we were talking about um, his desire to have studied more piano as a younger student. And so we pick up in the middle of that conversation here with the great Jabali, Billy Hart. It's funny, you know, we, we say this podcast is based on one question, but um, we're, we're addressing a lot of different questions, and I certainly don't feel bad about that. So how do you think you have gotten this far, which is very far, you're legendary. How did you get this far without really dealing with the piano like you wanted to? Um evidently um somebody has to play it before they can write it down so i I think it implies uh listening to the point where you can hear Mm -hmm. you know and i and uh, my you know i grew up hearing my grandmother practicing what i would consider a basic european classical curriculum and i just grew up hearing music like that and then when i listen to all these records I was listening to and playing with the records. And I've heard other drummers say too that, that they grew up playing with the records. And mm-hmm. um, I just think I began to hear a basic, a basic uh, harmonic form, which the United States has done. I mean, the history of, uh, the history of uh, improvised music in the United States is barely a hundred years old. So it had to start from a certain infancy. And, uh, and I just think, uh, you know, if you just think of the point of saying like, I've got rhythm harmony changes, you know, uh, basically that's uh, the major form of, uh, of American music, you know, and, uh, and you just begin to, recognize it because you've got at least um at least a thousand versions of that if so if you would tell yourself as a 20 year old to really deal with the piano um you think that would that would help you and you would be even further as a musician at this point well i'm not so sure about that but it wouldn't have taken me so long to get to this point Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. You know, uh, you know, I, I would have, uh, you know, I could, I could hear it, and then I could immediately go to the piano and and, uh, and investigate it, right? Right. 
And, you know, in a certain way, I did that anyway. I would, you know, I would ask uh, pianists that I performed with, yeah, I hear something, I say, well, exactly what was that? And then you come up with these terms that, you know, a sus chord or whatever. And you right. begin to say, oh, yeah, that's okay. And then you sort of, I guess in my case, you sort of begin to become a composer too. Because you say, well, well, well I want to do this as a, you know, a sus chord and a, or right. amp, or you just begin to learn the terms. And I mean, you're you're certainly a harmonic player because you're responding all the time to the to the chord changes. I remember before I even started studying with you, I heard you playing in a rehearsal room, and I couldn't figure out why you weren't just starting with the groove and staying right with this one specific groove, because uh, I was what nineteen or I didn't know anything. And I'm thinking, geez, why does this guy keep changing up his ideas? Why doesn't he just sit in there and groove? And then after a while, I realized you're responding to the harmony and different harmonic sounds that causes you to play something different. And you'd be on the hi-hat and then you'd be over here on the ride cymbal and, and doing things that were so interactive. And then obviously um, that would just bring the music to a higher level and other people would would respond and uh uh it was so freeing to hear you play like that i knew that i i could just do other things besides just keep the time you know as a young drummer um and i've tried to relay that to my students you know uh responding to the harmony and, and thinking about the harmonic movement and that's all that's all from you oops <laughs> <laughs> they say well what what is jazz and you say well it's sort of uh well, it's a bunch of things. First of all, it's uh, it's dance, dancing, and if you're a drummer, then you know you know that uh, certain patterns enhance the dance. And then, uh, but then the, uh, another part of it is that uh, it's improvisation. So improvisation implies composition, right? So, in fact, after a while, at least hypothetically in my mind, uh, uh, a, a drummer is uh, a co-composer with the other members of the ensemble. And, and you're co-composing together, arguably what might be considered this perfect piece of music. And, uh, and that's also where, you know, you, you know, where to place what you're hearing harmonically in relationship to what they're hearing harmonically in this piece. And if you can hear what they're doing, there's no, no reason to repeat what they're doing. You want to add to it or you don't want to overdo, you know, you want to put everything you want to place in the right place. On the other hand, you have in a European classical ensemble, you have a, uh, a conductor who doesn't hit anything. He doesn't hit a piano. He doesn't hit a drum. Then, you know, how in the world does he keep time for perfect time, arguably for, for 80 some musicians. And I think it's, uh, I hypothetically think it's from his knowledge of the work of the knowledge of, of, of the piece that when you know the piece that well, you you um, 
you enjoy it. You enjoy it just from your knowledge and that kind of enjoyment you want to share. Like if you, if you like the piece of music, uh, you know, like um, maybe a pop song or something, you liked it. Uh, you, you go to your man and say, man, check this out. You know, boom, you know, yeah. you know, or, you know, a girlfriend or something say, yeah, I like this right. part of the song. So, and you know, that doesn't have anything to do with playing the instrument. I mean, if you can share that enthusiasm from a knowledge of the piece, then, then you're, you know, arguably you're keeping great time with this uh, kind of euphoric uh, feeling, you know. So that's sometimes why I suggest the drummers are sort of uh, uh, related to a European classical symphony conductor, you know, in, in, in co-composing with the rest of the members of the piece. So it comes from knowing the music, enjoying it, and wanting to share the enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. You said, right? Yeah, yeah. You said you said uh, euphoria, and I've heard you use that word a lot uh, in regards to music. Could you explain that a little bit? I was in Japan one time doing some kind of clinic or something, and uh, and one student got up and said, "Explain to me about swinging." So it mm-hmm. caught me off guard. So finally I came up with something that, that it was uh, uh, a rhythm significance, you know, a, a significant rhythm, possibly from tried and true uh, patterns through history that mm-hmm. cause uh, a kind of happiness. Just, uh-huh. just a pattern. I mean, if, if it causes happiness, you know, like, um, you know, tumbao or something, or, or you know, and everybody responds to it, you realize, oh, well, this is what I want to play if I want somebody to like what it is, you know, or if you want to cause, and some people call it healing or all these things, but there are certain patterns as a professional or as a person that has a certain amount of experience, you know that you can play that's going to cause this kind of happiness or euphoria. And you know that ahead of time. So much so that people that uh, are in the business of selling records know a lot of these patterns and, uh, and the what do you call beats per minute, Uh you know, and he'll say, well, do this. And they uh, sell millions of records just based on that knowledge alone. So if they can do it, yeah. yeah, if, 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 if these corporate people can do that and they don't know anything about music, certainly a musician that's supposed to be, you know, they should, they should, uh, investigate those possibilities well having heard you and witnessed you in live performance uh countless times you certainly uh play with a a euphoric spirit and you relay that uh to the audience Uh, whenever i get to see you play all eyes are on jabali billy hart all eyes are on you it's it's you are really the the focus uh, 
for most people, I think, um, because you do have this joy, you've got the knowledge of the music, that enthusiasm, and and we never know what you're going to do next. The the element of surprise is apparent, you know, and uh, it's just fun. It's just fun to watch you and listen to you play. It's it's been really um, life changing to experience that joy uh, for so many years with you. Oh man, it's very kind of you. But you know, it becomes uh, becomes philosophical too. You know, it becomes religious. I mean, it's mm-hmm. uh, can you say godlike or something? I mean, you begin to realize uh, that that's a purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are people like uh, Coltrane. You know, well, almost all musicians, Leonard Bernstein, Duke Ellington, they have what do you call it? Uh, sacred concerts. Mm-hmm. Based on that ideal, I think that that you that you know that you're bringing a, a kind of joy that's spiritual to the yeah. people you're playing for yeah. and with. Yeah, and you you are continuing to do that, and there's no uh, no sign of you slowing down. I don't know how you do it. I'm trying to keep up with you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Billy, uh, this has really been an honor to have you here uh, to share everything today. And thank you for making time to share your thoughts and stories. And um, I love you. And thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you for including me. Well, there he is, the legendary Billy Hart. Please go check him out online and enjoy his music. Uh, what an impact he's had on so many of us. Uh, just love him so much. I love what he said today. Enhance the dance. I'm going to hang on to that for a while. Please join us next time for next episode. And in the meantime, be who you be and do what you do. Take care.